Fafa Picout. Brother, how are you? Thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm I'm great in the in Music City over here, brother. Music City, man. How does it feel? How does it feel to to you know to live in Nashville now? I love it, man. So far, it's been uh, it's been great. The city's awesome. The the people are really friendly and and really receptive. So it's uh, it's been a great experience so far. Nice, nice. Uh, let's get it. Let's get into a topic that that we wanted to talk about. Uh, how's how's the season going so far for you guys? So far, so far, so good. Um, we just had our first loss, obviously, in uh, New England, but um, we had two wins and two ties right before that. We're still in a good place on the table. Obviously, it's too early to start checking the table, but um, as a competitor, you you want every point possible. But um, now we're getting ready for a Cincinnati game and and a few more games on the on the road and home. So back and forth. But uh, right now, I think it started well. Um, we're just building chemistry. I think I'm one of very few new players on the team. It's a group that's been together a long time. So the biggest thing now is um, it's just building chemistry with the guys and them learning my strengths and also knowing who's who and characteristics and, and building more strengths. Obviously, that's what preseason's for, but now we're doing that with real games that matter. And it's a process, but uh, we're starting to fill it in. Yeah, you mentioned that you you're one of the newer guys, and we saw we saw what Nashville was capable of last season uh, as they made the playoffs. Um, tell tell us a little bit about how you've been adapting to the system. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, they've done great things in the, in the past few years since starting the franchise. They've made playoffs every year. Um, now it's a question of of me coming in and and adding something more to a team that's already been doing well. So obviously, again, I'm not here to to just change things, but if not, just be a great addition to the team. And again, it's uh, it's just a question of learning everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Like I always say, you wanna um, you wanna promote your your teammates' strengths and try to mask and hide their weaknesses as a player. So um, me coming into the team, I wanna I wanna do the best in in being a strength to everybody and and bring something more to the table. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, We saw we saw a few a few experts uh, had uh, you know certain power rankings here and there you know they played out with yeah. you know the MLS teams who's going to be on top who's going to be on the bottom um, everyone wasn't expecting for example St Louis you know to be yeah. the breakout team that they had but internally as as far as you guys what are the actual expectations for the season as a team I think we're a very confident group. Um, if you look at us and the camaraderie we also have in the locker room, our self-belief and also the staff's belief in us, I think we, if you look at us against every team in the league, we're very confident in, in every position and around the, and around the, the locker room. So um, I think we can go very far. We're not looking just to make playoffs. We're looking to make a stretch and, and also go for, for silverware. So um, when we look at our group and we look across the league, I think it's something that's very doable. It's not easy because to win or to, to bring silverware to a club is never going to be easy. That's why only one team can do it a year. So um, if you add the, the, the shield in there as well, then two teams. But um, it's something special, but it's going to take a special effort from a close-knit group um, to get that done. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, your teammate with the MVP of the league last year, how is it to play with him? I know, I know that you know he's he had a, a few injuries and he's coming back from that. But how how is it to share the locker room with him and also to to be able to perform on the field with him? Oh, it's great. Um, we've also built a great friendship off the field. 
Uh, it's, it's been amazing. I was at his wedding a few days ago. Um, also, just camaraderie during preseason was amazing. Um, getting to know each other. We actually played each other in Germany in the Pokal Cup in 2016. Oh, wow. My mom came to that game in, in Germany. So that's how I remembered it. Um, him and John Brooks were teammates. So we had some some buddies in common. But then um, also his quality on the field is amazing. And it kind of makes my work a bit easier. And again, like I said, and as you said also, the the injury, him coming back, we're starting to actually get more minutes together on the field. So that's going to take time for us to gel, but you're starting to see little passes slip through. It's going to be a headache, I think, for a lot of defenses when they kind of have to deal with myself, him, our striker, and also shaft speed on the other side. There's a lot yeah. to deal with um, uh, going forward. And if we continue to um, if we continue to build that bond, I think we we can create something dangerous. But he's a heck of a player and and a fun guy and a good good a good dude just to be around. So. Um, besides our friendship and also we also have that on the field and I think it's going to be dangerous. Nice. Nice. Um, with the guys here at the podcast, uh, usually we have, we have this discussion uh, as to how, how is it, how, how to become a successful MLS team as far as a franchise and half of the guys uh, believe that usually, you know, What's, what's been the trend in a few teams is bringing in young South American players and actually, you know, uh, combining them with homegrown talent. Do you feel like that's the, that, that will be uh, a successful road to a team? Or do you feel that maybe you can bring, like, European players, veterans to actually, you know, accommodate that as well? Which, 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 um, which scenario do you feel like it's, you know, My scenario, my my personal opinion is a bit different. <clears throat> okay. I think, I think having stability and consistency is the is probably the most important. Having a similar group over the years, a lot of times um, clubs want to change their roster too often and thinking that bringing in a bunch of good players is going to change it. But you need a close-knit group. You need a few guys that have been there, understand the club, um, are diehards as well. You need a few special talents. You need experience. And then you need some fresh blood, maybe some South American blood, maybe some European um, young talents that are willing to come in and, and just and be creative special players as well. I think we're starting to see that we're producing that in the country as well. Um, but also bringing players from abroad is important. But I think more than anything, the biggest importance is, is keeping a consistent group over time Because a lot of clubs, um, and I've seen it on a personal note, change and change and change. And it's not that the players are not good, but you start to lose maybe a club culture. And, and, um, and as you see, that, that doesn't allow you to form a consistency within results and, and success going forward. And that's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, you grew up in Miami. Uh, it's been four seasons now since we have Inter-Miami. Um, What can you tell us a little bit about that club, you know, because you faced them a couple of times. Uh, what do you see from an outsider? You know, I know that you're not you're not necessarily in Miami, but uh, what, what, what do you see as a team? Well, primarily as an organization, I'm just happy that that Miami has a club now and and fans, uh, you know, our, our soccer culture down there is is amazing. And just to have people be able to go to games consistently every weekend or every other weekend. Um, and also to see young players growing up as opposed to when we grew up, 
um, just playing with with the ohala type of vibe, like you know, yeah. will, we, will we get a chance at something? Whatever happens, happens. Now you have kids that have a structure; they can go to an academy and and at least get something into a professional environment and, and have a chance at becoming professional. And it's a quicker shot. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I take from it, as well as the club itself. It's it's growing. Um, I see talent in the club, obviously. Them bringing Joseph, uh, Joseph in. Uh, Ari's there, my old teammate. I see a few players there that are obviously talented. Again, they're going to need consistency in the group to form what they need. But I think they're going in the right direction if they continue to to build around that. Um, again, if you keep changing, it may become complicating. But I think the club has all the, the right support. Um, I think there's some good young talents coming up in the club from what I've seen and, and from what I've peeped when I, when I poke my head in the city. Um, so I wish them the best. Obviously it's, it's home. So um, I think the club's in the right direction, but they just have to keep pushing towards that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we can see that. We can see that they're, they're slowly growing. Uh, you got into a topic that I wanted to get to next, uh, which is comparing where, when we grew up here in Miami and we were becoming players uh, compared to what it is now, you know, Uh, you mentioned that the structure is different, but I wanted to get your your thought on uh, how it was back then as to how it is now. You know, if we, we can see we can see that there's over 60 academies now in Miami. Yeah. So I, I wanted to get a little bit more into that. So, so I moved to Miami from New York. I was nine years old, and uh, I started at West Kendall Soccer. And back then, the Fusion were still around. And that's when they had come to, they did a player's, um, a player appearance. I think six of the guys, Jay Heaps, as I remember vividly, and a few of the guys came to, to do a little clinic with us. And, um, you know, with that sparking um, even more fire in, uh, in my desire to become a professional player, and also growing up, even though we wanted and we had so many talents, we had amazing players everywhere around the city because we have in Miami, we had so many guys from different backgrounds from all walks of earth. The hard part was the direction. There wasn't, there wasn't a direction of where we can clearly have a path to professional soccer. It was, like I said, a hopeful, a hopeful adventure. Like, uh, okay, I'm playing, but, what's next, you know, like uh, a yeah. grade system involved. And as we know, back then discipline in Miami, wasn't always the greatest. I think having an Academy now also creates that discipline. Um, it's not going to be tolerable of everything um, in comparison to what we grew up in, where we had so many talented players again, like I said, but not a direct, not a direct uh, view or, or opportunity to become something. And I've seen so many players fall through the cracks simply because we don't, we didn't have an academy system or a professional team and other academies around the city. So to now see that it's, um, it's there and these kids are starting at academies at U12, U13, U14, yeah. watching them come up through a system. It's like, this is so different to what we had where we were split between West Kendall Southern Soccer, who then became KSC, uh, Kendall Soccer Coalition, We had uh, West, we had uh, Coral Springs, where West Pines, and there was talents everywhere. If I start naming names that you'll know, um, yeah. that maybe the rest of the country or the rest of the world should have heard of, but 
didn't simply because there was not a there was not a direct path. It's unfortunate, but I'm glad that now we've been able to pave the way in some in some sense, and even greater that now there's an MLS club in the city that can help um, sculpt these kids and and give them an opportunity that maybe we didn't have. Um, I eventually got blessed to go to Italy early on, but not everybody got that chance. And we have a lot of talents that fell to the cracks and, and hopefully that will no longer be the case with, uh, with the MLS team. Yeah. And not only, not only do you see uh, growth within having an MLS team, but you also see now uh, little projects and programs where the MLS is, is working with the MLS next pros yep. and all those within different types of clubs. Um, you, we touched a, a topic that is very important. I believe it's 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 a super important pro, uh, topic, which is the youth development. Uh, yes. The youth development, primarily in the states. Uh, in your belief, what do you think needs to get better for us to make that that next step? Because you you played overseas and you know how players have developed either either in Italy or in Germany. What needs to happen for us to take that next step? I believe we're in the right direction. I think um, already having academies is a huge step. Like I said, there wasn't that structure before with players. And we're going to see the fruits of that and what we're sowing now in the next few years, as we've already seen at certain clubs like Dallas, uh, Philly. You've seen the, the players that are pushed through and have gone to Europe and are doing very well. Um, I think that's going to become more consistent. And I think it's going to get to a point where these academies are going to produce players that are going to want to stay in the MLS as it becomes more appealing and as it already has become more appealing for foreign players to come to the country. The league has grown tremendously in the last six, seven years. Um, but I think overall for, for growth of these players, the importance is, um, is going to be correct coaching and also um, understanding that we need to adapt to the world football system but at the same time, understand the dynamic of our country. We're a very big country. So there has to still be ways to find players that maybe are not getting into these academies, but not falling through the cracks because we have so many talents that are possibly missing these academy opportunities that are being, you know, not getting seen under the, the micro, that are missing the microscope or whatever the case is. We have a lot of those players too. So because the country's so big, so we have yeah. to understand that dynamic as opposed to a country like Italy or France where you can drive through the country in 10 hours. You know, um, if I drive 10 hours from Miami out, we're just getting to Atlanta, barely yeah. leaving the state. So, Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so America's a big country and we have to understand that there's a lot of talent, but we have to continue to find um, creative ways of tapping into that talent and finding that talent and not discouraging players young where they feel like they don't have a future if they didn't get into academy. That's why I don't completely want to do away with the college system or completely do away with certain programs that may be other ways of finding great talents because as much as I'm happy that we finally have an academy system and I think that's the right path to go, we also want to continue to, to nurture these players that may be the next Clint Dempsey's and 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 uh, Demarcus Beasley's and Donovan's um, through other paths and and other ways and structures. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to go next into a into a topic uh, which is the national team. You represented the national team a few times. 
Uh, how does it feel to represent your country? That was amazing. Um, I think the first time I got a call up was was awesome from uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, who who brought me in while I was at St. Pauli. Um, I got a call one day while I was in bed from California, and um, I thought it was telemarketer, so I didn't pick it up. <laughs> I got a second call, and I recognized the voice once I picked it up, and I was like, no way, so this is awesome. So the first, um, my first call up was back in 15 or 16, and um, putting on that jersey and just being in the camp with some, some guys that I grew up watching at the time, you know, Tim Howard was there, Brad Guzan. Um, Beasley, I remember, right? Bees was Bees was not there at that at my first camp, um, but the, yeah, Brad was there, Tim was there, man. There was a lot of guys from yeah. that long gone that uh, that were there in that group, and it it was special. Um, obviously, I've had on and offs with the national team. I feel like I had times where I could have easily been been involved more, but with the change of coaches, clubs, whatever the case, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get as many calls that I would have wanted, but I was it was always special to put on the jersey and be involved in camps and and have that part of my career that I had always dreamed of as a kid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we are we are very proud right here in Miami, you know, for you representing, you know, not not just yourself and your family, but also the city, you know. It was a it was a big, big thing for us. Um let's get into the topic of this national team. Uh we have a World Cup that's coming up in the States. Yes. Uh, where we have to make it big. Uh, if you if you want to consider last World Cup, I, I feel like we did okay uh, with the group of guys that we had. Uh, I feel like maybe you know that that game against the Netherlands, maybe we could have taken a little yeah. bit more chances. Um, but what what do you feel that what's missing? You know, to take that next step as far as the team. I think uh, I think this team was very young, um, very talented. Um, a lot of European experience, but young experience. And I think in a group, if you watched, if you watched uh, who was po possibly the best player uh, throughout the tournament or my co most consistent was Tim Ream. And a lot yeah. of Americans would have, would have kind of written him off and said, which, he, which he wasn't even called up until the very end. Yes. And, and it, it's become a thing of just youth, 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 which I love. But at the same time, you need experience to have success in a World Cup um, or in any tournament um, play because it's a game of now. You cannot always plan just for the future. You have to also figure out how to win right now. And as much as it may have not worked out for this World Cup, I think all those guys will be at a more ripe and uh, experienced uh, age for the next one and have that feeling of being home um, next World Cup. So maybe one or two maybe in the Tim Ream age bracket coming in that time. But for the most part, guys will be in their 20s, late 20s, mid 20s with a lot of experience under their belt as comp in comparison to, to this last World Cup. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how those guys come along. But if they continue to, to gel as a group and one or two other dangerous pieces are brought into, I think it's going to be a very exciting team. And I'm excited to see what they do in the next World Cup here at home. Yeah, hopefully we make some noise. Um, there was a bit of a drama afterwards with uh, Berhalter and Reina. And honestly, I don't want to get into that topic because we all know uh, how it, you know, it, it unfolded. Uh, we currently don't have a coach. We have an interim coach, Anthony Hudson. Um, do you feel like we should uh, 
get a coach within the MLS or maybe looking someone somewhere overseas? I've always felt that it, it can be either or. Um, someone that understands someone that understands the system, someone that understands the country, someone that understands the culture of, of American players and what an American player goes through on and off the field, um, players that are playing in MLS, players that are playing in Europe, and players that are playing in other countries. Um, you look at some coaches, for example, um, I know Terry Henry was brought up, I believe, or mentioned in rumors. That's a guy that's already played in this league, that's also coached in this league. That's a name. Obviously, I'm always going to stick my head out for Jim Curtin, who for me was an amazing coach during my time at Philly. And he's polished a lot of American players that have gone on to do some great things. Um, and he actually coached me during my time going back to national team. So, you know, different names come up, um, different names are brought up. But at the end of the day, we don't necessarily need the greatest tactician in Europe to come coach America if it's not going to be a coach that understands the everyday American player or the American player that's a superstar in Europe. It's going to be, it's got to be somebody that's, that understands the tactics, understands our type of players that we have and can polish a group and bring chemistry to a group that needs to bond and, and go win a tournament or go deep into a tournament. So, um, I'm optimistic to who they do choose. I believe it's going to be somebody correct for the group because I think whoever's choosing them may know more than me, I hope. And um, and um, whoever it is, I'm going to support them fully and, and hope they get the best out of this very talented American group that's coming up. Yeah, definitely. As some want to call it, you know, we, we had a few former players that don't necessarily think that that's, that's, that should be their name, but some mm -hmm. people call them the, the golden generation. Yeah, of the Americas. Um, going into uh, before I let you go, brother. Uh, going into your your long career, uh, you mentioned that you know you went to Italy and then you went overseas to to play in Germany. You had a you had a nice spell in St. Pauli, as you said. Uh, how would you compare that? You know, how would you compare playing in the Bundesliga to what it is to play in the MLS? I think it's uh, it's interesting because the time I left to Europe for the most part of the ages 16 to 26, for the most part, I was in Europe. And in that time, MLS was a bit different of a league compared to, so let's say that was that time was about 2007 um, to 2017. Um, you look at how the league has grown even in the last seven years here in comparison to the times I was in Europe. It's very difficult to compare simply because You look at a Nashville stadium now that sells out. You go to Giotis, yeah. the atmosphere is crazy. It's amazing. You look at the, the facilities in MLS now. You look at the players that are coming here now at a younger age with bigger names. Um, it's become a lot more attractive of a league. I won't say names, but a lot of big European players that are my buddies, they call me. They want to come to, to the MLS. Um, and they're at great clubs. So it's kind of shocking sometimes to hear when they're asking, but... At the same time, I've recognized that as much as Europe is a is always been, you know, the home of football, the big destination and where everybody wants to go, you're starting to see that salaries, which if we're being realistic, have become more lucrative in the, in the MLS and a lot more attractive for players to come to. The lifestyle, um, it's, it's attractive. And if you compare just the football 
obviously I do think um, certain European leagues are still still ahead, but people also have to understand that a top MLS team can now compete with some European teams. And it's not me saying that because I'm in MLS, because I've played with certain players and I've played in certain teams and clubs and leagues to understand that the level is, we're starting to bridge to, to bridge that gap a bit and, and close in on that gap. So it's no longer the MLS of maybe early 1900s, late 1900s, which by all, with all respect, those are the pioneers that have made the league what it is today um, yeah. and have allowed us to be at the point we are today, but it wasn't as strong as maybe where we are today. So people do have to understand and followers and fans do have to understand that the MLS has grown. So for me to compare, like I said, Europe and the major European leagues are still probably um, ahead, especially if you look at Champions League teams. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's because it's a matter of you know the the many years they put into the league. You know, they're For they're sure. over a hundred years. They're over a hundred years old compared to a league that's only 25, 30 years old. Exactly, um, and I think as we as we continue to grow, um, it's grown rapidly. That's the one yeah. thing I can say. The MLS has grown so rapidly in a short amount of time that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next next five to ten years and what will happen after, like we just discussed, the World Cup coming up in yeah. the next uh, three years to see what happens, uh, see what happens and the attention that it brings. And I think it's going to be great, and I'm excited to see what what the future holds for soccer in this country and and um, and for the next talent group uh, and these young kids growing up that have more opportunity than maybe we had growing up. So I'm very optimistic and, and I think it's going to be great. And I want to be a part of it as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying that you want to be a part of it. Uh, looking back at your 10 plus years career. Uh, and this is my last one before I let you go. Um, is there anything that you would do differently? No. Um, there's a lot of things that were out of my control as a player. Um, I think, over my career, I've always given more than 110% and more, more than that. Um, and I've always tried to make the most honest decisions possible, sometimes too honest, sometimes too innocent in the sense of the business side. Um, and uh, that would be the only thing I say that maybe I would have tried to change and do differently. But in the end, everything's led me to the point that I'm at today. And um, it's kept me in the game for a long time and still having success. So there's not much I would change. All my mistakes or, or more than mistakes, I would say all of the things that I've been through have allowed me to get to a point where I can help guide the youth and the, the next crop growing up to not have to go through maybe the pain and, and the difficulties that I went through in this business and in this industry more than the sports side of it. So um, as I transition to, to a seasoned vet, um, who still has a lot of sprints in his legs. I, um, I try to nurture and help these young guys as much as possible um, to, to give them uh, encouragement and, and allow them to, to see things from a different view uh, from somebody who's already gone through it. Papa, we appreciate your time, brother. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. We wish you the very best in the season. Hopefully, you still got a lot of goals left to, to score, primarily in Nashville. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not an Inter Miami fan myself, but, uh, but I want to see you guys go far, and hopefully, hopefully you can get that trophy. 
Thank you, for- thank you so much, man. Thank you guys for having me, and God bless you, man. God bless, brother. Thank God you. Bless.